This is Luna. Password, Kitty stalks in moonlight. Kitty will be fed. Kitty craves her catnip. Welcome, Luna. We have new information on our enemy. Really? Tell me. Moon Podcast Escalation! And welcome to Sailor Business. My name is Jordan D. White. My name is Chris Sims, and this is the podcast where we watch every single episode of the classic 1992 Sailor Moon anime and break down just why it is that we love this show so much. Today we have a very special guest. Isn't that right, Jordan? Absolutely, we do. Uh, this is a wonderful comic book artist, Miss Amy Reader. Hello. How are you guys? We're doing we are well. doing very well, I think. I have my coffee. Jordan has his ukulele. <laughs> I just, I wasn't whatever whatever play, he but... does to wake up, I have no idea. Actually. <laughs> oh wow! You know what? That sounds like a really believable thing for Jordan. Every just morning, wakes I... up and plays his ukulele. Yep. I have to welcome myself to the new day with a song. <laughs> <laughs> Now, uh, Amy, the reason we knew we had to have you on the show uh-huh. was not just because we're, we're fans of your artwork, which I certainly am a huge fan. You know that. Uh, awesome. But at, at New York Comic Con this year, you cosplayed as Sailor Moon wearing I, a Sailor Moon sweater that you made. I did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, I am not. I don't. That's my first time cosplaying, actually. Um, so Sailor Moon is dear to my heart. But I uh, I. I like making clothes. I like knitting or sewing. But to me, like Halloween and cosplaying, it's hard for me to get my head around because I want to be able to wear that stuff whenever I can. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I tried to make like a very wearable Sailor Moon costume. And my thought was I'll make a Sailor Moon sweater vest because then I can just like wear it with like a regular shirt and jeans and, you know, keep using it. But but yeah, it became kind of like this labor of love it took forever and it i don't even understand the technique i used on it <laughs> how long but, did it take so, you go ahead sorry i was saying how long did it take you oh um well it took me a month but you know i was i was working during that time too sure sure so it's always really hard to measure but you know most of it was pretty easy until i got to the part where i had to do the bow and the insignia and stuff because i wanted it all to look really flat but then um i just i didn't know how to introduce in new yarn and then take it back out again. This is like random technical talk or that's not very technical sounding. But um, yeah, I just couldn't figure. I know there's like ways, but somehow none of them really worked for me. So then I like, I just knitted the whole entire thing like a white sweater. And then on top of that, I did all the colors and made it look like it was all knitted in there. And that like took forever. I should have just figured out how to do it the right way. But, so you said yeah. that you're not sure what technique you really used. Uh, so does that mean that if if you knew someone who really wanted a sweater like that, yeah, no, I've make had a lot a of people who are like, "Did you take do it from a pattern?" And I'm like, "No, I made it up." And they're like, "Can you make a pattern?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I don't think I can." <laughs> like, <Aww. laughs> 
I, I Listen, feel like what I'm saying is I want that sweater. I oh, need nice. that sweater <laughs> in my life. I figure out a pattern and it would just be something where people need to do the right technique and then it would probably even fit better and stuff. So, yeah. Well, it, wow. It is, You're going to get that sweater made, Chris. Yeah. I like. I'm not kidding. If you have a pattern or if anyone out there has seen Amy's Sailor Moon sweater, which uh, we'll try to put a link to in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if you have seen it, if you if you know, if you're a crafty person, if you if you've seen <laughs> if you uh, if you're an Etsy type, let me know because I want that sweater. <laughs> it's a yeah, pretty awesome sweater. Yeah, well, and and you can always like tweet it and make me retweet it um, if that helps. I mean, you already have your own following, so I don't know why the hell I'm saying that, but like I will help spread the word. Um, I'm very big in the uh, Twitter sweater community. <laughs> nice, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, no, so I'll show like a flat picture of how it was done and stuff. And yeah, it's just knitting. Plus, I put on some little sequins because the medallion in the middle or the prism, it has like, you know, little colors. So yeah, it was pretty fun. It was pretty fun to make. Now, though, it's funny, like I want to be able to wear it, but I now I'm like afraid to wear it. I don't want to ruin it because it's white. So mm. Listen, listen, what would you soggy do? <laughs> she would wear that and she would just spill, you know, mustard on it. <laughs> Probably. So, Amy, aside from the sweater, what is your history with Sailor Moon? Oh, well, um, I mean... (laughs) It's, I mean, you know, not to get all choked up here, but it's why I'm here today. You know, like, I mean. Well, I know um, it's why you're here on the podcast today. No, I guess that's true. But like, no, I, I like. <laughs> Definitely it's why, true. <laughs> it's why you, you care that I like Sailor Moon. Because I, uh, I, I didn't, I mean, I, I would have never gotten into comics if it weren't for Sailor Moon. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was, I was a, a senior in high school and I had a friend who I knew was into Sailor Moon. And I don't know, I guess I just started to sort of look at it because of her um, and then realized that I liked it and, you know, would tape it because it was on at 6.30 a.m. every day. And, you know, it would always go through all the episodes and then just stop at this really arbitrary time and then start over again. And it created this sort of want that was just insatiable because I would seriously just keep watching it all the way through just with the hopes that there's going to be a continuation. It it was just, it was like, oh, it was just murder, like trying to go through that. And then, you know, the next day, like, oh, it started at the beginning again, you know? I believe Um, if if, if we're talking about the same run, the last episode is the one where at the very end, they, the the scouts learn to teleport together and they're going off to fight, uh, what's his name? Rubius. Is that correct? You know, I'm not sure. I know there were the star girls with the stars on their heads that were bad guys. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think there were working for Rubius. I'm, you know, you know, what's sad is I am not like as well versed in Sailor Moon as I should be all of these things considered. (laughs) But I'm sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. (laughs) No, it's okay. I'm going to be put on the spot a lot during this, but that's okay. Because it still matters, you know, just as like a ton to me. So yeah, basically, because it didn't continue on. It's what really, um, first of all, really drove me to want to make my own characters, you know, that could kind of satisfy this. So 
I came up with this idea of the chicks, and they were all like six girls that um, that that had like an animal that they kind of became like took on the powers of, nice. and so there was like owl chick and fish chick, and there was unicorn chick. So that was kind of cool. And they all had like these different powers and stuff and, and weird hair and everything. And yeah, and, and so I started to draw my own characters. I even, and I don't know where this is, but I even discovered in one of my notebooks somewhere that I tried to draw like a three panel page, which is crazy to me now. I, I can't believe I even tried to do that because back then all I could do, I could not draw. I was really good at copying photos. Like I used to draw animals from National Geographic and stuff. Okay. And it was pretty accurate and stuff, but then um, the stuff out of my own head was terrible. And so with these girls, all I could do was draw them straight on pose or to the um, side, like no three quarters view and with their hands somehow being hidden. So yeah, so I drew these characters and then I, you know, I went to college and I would draw characters of them or design clothes by, you know, drawing people in my notebooks while I was taking notes at school but they I had like zero improvement but yeah so I, I I think like so so fast forward I'm starting to kind of interest myself in manga back then I had this guy was going out with it ended up being my husband and we've divorced since then but you know it was amicable and stuff but his um his little sister I, I got her into anime she probably would have gotten into anime anyway but like at the end of college I kind of got introduced to some manga because of her because she had really good taste so um it it was like, like I kind of was into, you know, Sailor Moon, but there's no other choices besides that, you know, and then Pokemon came, but I was already in college and mm-hmm. too busy and stuff. And when I came out of it, there were, there was all this manga in the bookstops. So, um, so I started reading Paradise Kiss and they had this, I know that this is a long story, sorry. It's okay, no problem. But, but, um, but then, um, I knew that they had this like contest book that I found in the bookshop that was like, you know, from Tokyo Pop and they were going to hire a American creators and you do a 20 page entry and the top 10 are compiled into the, a book, you know, Rising Stars of Manga. And when I saw that, it like changed everything for me. So when I saw that, I was like, I'm going to learn how to draw. I bet I could learn if I really applied myself and I could apparently. But yeah, so in a long winded <laughs> way, it's like, yeah, like Sailor Moon for me started all of it because I had zero interest in um, American comics. I mean, one time I tried to get a job at a comic shop and the owner was really rude, you know, and mm. like, we're not hiring and just felt like I didn't belong, you know, so that like sealed the deal for me. I was like, never again. So yeah, without <laughs> Sailor Moon, I wouldn't be drawing comics, I don't think. You uh, you actually did, uh, I, I have a sketchbook where I have lots of people have drawn Sailor Moon characters. You drew Sailor Moon in that for me, although nice. you were you were very unhappy with the results. <laughs> and so oh, at the bottom no. you wrote, like, go to go to my DeviantArt and you can see better pictures of Sailor Moon. <laughs> <laughs> That sucks. Well, you might have done it early on because, um, I mean, I still do crappy sketches sometimes and they're always pretty crappy. Like mine <laughs> are a lot faster than most people's um, in the biz because I just, I'm like one or the other, you know, like I can't, I just can't draw under pressure. But it took me years before I feel like I could start doing con sketches, like quick sketches that I could be satisfied with. But um, this time, this year, somebody actually asked me to do a sale moon version of a character or no like an anime version sure. of a character and so i ended up doing sailor moon madame xanadu 
Oh, nice. Yeah. And I'm really proud of that. And and she like fit in so well because, you know, she's, yeah, I wonder if, I'm pretty sure I took a picture of that. I hope so. If not, my friend did because I did lose my phone one day or forgot to bring it. But but yeah, yeah. No, I love Sailor Moon. You think she would be one of Sailor Moon's allies? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no. She's like definitely in their, you know, crew. Okay. She's just oh. is it like another scout. Yeah, she's just like Sailor Xanadu. Yeah. She like Madame Xanadu is closer to Luna. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because she's so old. She goes back to King Arthur times. It's true. I, I think what would happen is like all the other scouts would walk into a room and just like sit down on the on the couches and the chairs and stuff. And she'd walk in and she'd go, oh, now I can read the future based on where they've sat. The, like the placement wow. of the scouts. <laughs> they really, they really needed to call her in when they were dealing with all the Cardians. Yes, in, yes, uh, for Sailor sure. Yeah. In the next season, dude, can you imagine her weird like power moves and stuff? <laughs> she'd, just, she'd be instead of like you know like shooting some water out, she'd just be like like it would start out with her just like throwing in a bunch of like tinctures and, and skulls into some water and like stirring it in a cauldron and then just like pouring that cauldron on the people and then they're like ah! you know what i mean it's <laughs> a good it's like, a good plot like. that'd be cool um and i i do want to mention before we get to the episode as well uh you do a comic now called uh, rocket girl it's great if, if, Thank you. if there are sailor moon fans out there i think you should check it out the trade is out in in comic store now so i would say everybody should check it out it's a really fun series thank you yeah, yeah i really love my... it and uh, it's about a uh, a teenage girl superhero mm-hmm. it is so if you're is. a sailor moon fan you will probably get a kick out of it i know i did it's not magical but it's sci-fi and i i would say that it's my visually to me it's my m- more anime than even what i normally do because i felt like that's the best way for people to imagine that it's in motion oh so. that makes sense yeah they're very good at capturing motion in uh, yeah in that so part. i was cheating that way <laughs> no. and i uh, always i always color it so that it kind of looks like cell shading it's always more complicated than that but like but yeah i feel like that just like you know incites something in people's brain where they're like wow she's so good at drawing action you know <laughs> <laughs> is that your is that your comics critic voice <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that's um, what you sound like to me chris <laughs> wow wow <laughs> Uh, one more thing before we move on. Uh, this is the first episode that we've recorded since the Sailor Moon DVD came out. Oh, yes, that's true. Jordan, did you pick up the DVD? I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. Well, if I was going to get them, I'd get Blu-rays. But I I used to have a really giant collection of, you know, DVDs and stuff. And then, you know, then Blu-rays came along and I was like, wah, 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 wah. And now I'm I'm bitter. Yeah, but, and now you can't watch those movies anymore. Yeah, basically. I'm like, well, it's going to look terrible so if I want to watch an awful version of a movie I love. <laughs> but I but I also, because they're on Hulu, I just kind of feel like, well, all right, I'll watch them with commercials. I'm fine with that. Eventually, yeah, I'm sure I will pick them up. I, I haven't bought a lot of DVDs in a while just because, you know, I've, I've got Netflix, I've got uh, right. Hulu Plus, so anything I need to watch. I've got the WWE Network, so anything that I need to watch. I can pretty much stream. But this past week saw the release of both Sailor Moon and the uh, Batman 66 complete oh. series. Wow. Uh, so I went ahead and bought those. Uh, <laughs> and I mainly picked up the Sailor Moon ones because they have the new dub. Oh, right, right, right. So uh, going forward, at least until I'm through these discs that came with uh, Season 1, Volume 1, uh, Jordan, I know you watched the uh, original American dub, the 90s dub. Yeah, I've got the new dub. We've also got the subs. And of course... 
for this episode, which is uh, episode 14, A New Enemy Appears, Nephrite's Evil Crest. I will also be referencing the young adult novelization uh, by Lian Centaur nice. from Sailor Moon Volume 5, Eternal Sleep. And uh, there is there's some good stuff in this one. Oh, good. Good. Uh, and it's all at the beginning. So uh, are you guys ready to dive into the episode? Just one, one, yeah. quick, one quick question. I just want to double check. Amy, your favorite scout? Oh, Sailor Moon. Yeah. 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 Okay, good. <laughs> You're on the right team. Where, where do you stand on a tuxedo mask? Oh, um, I support him. <laughs> I, I love that, like, all he does ever is just throw a rose and just confuse people. And, you know, I, I think that's pretty and hilarious. And insults. <laughs> Well, technically, and Tuxedo Mask does not street harass anyone. I guess you're right. I like Tuxedo Mask. I do not like Memory Uchiba. <laughs> he could be anyone under that mask. Oh, was he? Was that the one that when he was like dressed in white? No, no, no. no that's that's Moonlight Knight. Memory is his civilian identity. His ja- yeah, that's his Japanese oh, name. Oh, oh. And Chris yeah. thinks he's a giant jerk and does not like the fact that <laughs> that they end up together. <laughs> oh, no, really? I, I hate him. I hate him <laughs> with a passion. Wow, I mean, that kind he's of not sounds like jealousy. <laughs> he's he's not in this episode, but just a reminder, in the last week's episode, he referred to Usagi as a pile of trash on the street. You're right. That's You're true. right. That's really horrible. That's true. And he made her cry in public. I don't know. I guess I guess when I originally watched it, um I didn't He seemed really nice on this on these episodes. Yes. Well, but... yeah, again, in this episode we only see him in uh in his tuxedo mask form, not his street form. Oh, okay. Tuxedo really? mask very nice. Memoru. See, no, but again, I maintain that Memoru is, he, or, or Darian, however you want to think of him, that he's just... Yeah, it's got to be Darian for me. Yeah, in my heart, that's what he is. Uh, but I think of him as just, he's teasing her. Yes, he's he, he's teasing her the way that, that children tease people they like, because it's a show that is uh, meant to appeal to children. This is going to sound terrible, um, but I think like... I think it makes it more rewarding when they get together because there is this history of, you know, abuse. No, I know that's what it sounds He's like. Horrible. It sounds like you know what? You know what's funny is the first book I ever did for Tokyo Pop was called Fool's Golden. It was about how girls are fatally drawn to jerks. <laughs> And uh, and this girl, she makes it. She reacts to this by making an underground uh, club that identifies the jerks, names them pyrites, and like bans girls from ever going out with them again by doing some crazy voodoo ritual. <laughs> it's pretty crazy, but but yeah. So I feel like almost even though that that was somewhat satirical, like I feel like I'm I'm like betraying that by by supporting. Darian right now. I, but yeah, like it did seem like more of a teasing, but you're, you're probably right. But you know, it just makes it sort of like, how could they end up together? It's, you know? Yeah, it's classic literature. It's, uh, it's you know, yeah. sense and sensibility. It's uh, much ado about nothing. It's it's the characters who hate each other and then eventually uh, love each other. Yeah, yeah, I don't like those jerks either. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't like Heathcliff either. You know, like oh, Mr. No. Darcy? Oh, I know. Like Wuthering Heights, like I don't like anybody in that story by the end i'm like i don't care i don't care if something bad happens to you i don't really just you know good whatever exactly like like benedict Uh, in 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 much ado says terrible things about beatrice but by the end they're in love and they get married and they go they go to the moon there is they become the eternal moon rulers the guy changing and realizing that he's wrong (laughs) (laughs) there you go yes that's definitely part of it i'm sure 
but but yeah it does want, make you wonder whether um whether the attraction is that you know the guy's a jerk and that's how you get the ladies but it, i feel like in the stories they never are very happy with all of that putting down but i guess sailor moon was right she always liked darian didn't she no no, no no she, she hates him. him yeah as soon as she <laughs> so sees him she hates him that's yeah. acceptable yeah because he yeah he as soon as on site she's like oh that jerk and again i will put forward I the very i remember this the first that time hot, they meet hot jerk the first time they meet he, she hits him in the head with garbage nice uh, <laughs> So well, she started this it. This is totally acceptable. And dude, what a what a great move to be like, this is our child in the future. Like, that is so <laughs> awesome. That is so crazy. That is so Twilight. Okay, okay, listen. We are we are 14 weeks past this. Sorry. But Jordan, you just brought up the first episode of their first meeting. Yes, she hits him in the head with uh garbage. It is her balled up awesome. uh school paper. Uh <laughs> what would a normal person do in that situation? They would go hey you threw this at me what's wrong with you <laughs> darian opens it up and makes fun of her grades she failed miserably he is always he is always taking it two steps too far that culminating is awesome. in calling her a pile of trash <laughs> <laughs> all right all right we should move yeah, on because he is, he's he not, is not even in this in episode this. uh this is episode 14 uh, jordan do you know the american title uh for this one i do uh it, i believe it is uh oh is it match set to sailor moon let's see match point for Sailor Moon. Match point for Sailor Moon. That's a, that's a pretty appropriate title. Sure. That is a that is a much more appropriate title Accurate. than uh Nephrite's evil crest, I should say. Well, he does have an evil crest. Uh yeah. that is true. <laughs> Uh, so we open up in the Dark Kingdom, Queen Beryl working that ball, Wait. swirling that energy. Slight pause. Yeah. We open up first with Chris first being wrong because we have the same intro song as a song sequence as always. So it didn't change that. But then Chris is right because we have a brand new intro scene. Uh, oh, that's right. We, we do not uh, we do not know that uh, Usagi Takino is 14 years old, uh, cancer and blood type O. But now we know she is a, a costume superhero or whatever. I don't remember exact details of what she says, but now she finally introduces her friends, uh, Amy, who's very smart, and the hot-headed psychic, Ray. Uh, in the uh, new dub, she refers to them. Oh, no, it's it's pretty much the same as it is in the subtitles. I'm watching it now. It's the kind-hearted genius, there you go. Amy Mizuno, <laughs> and the hot-headed psychic, uh, Ray Hino. I'd say that's accurate. Yeah, that's that's a... She's a kind-hearted genius and a hot-headed psychic <laughs> jerk, boyfriend stealer. Yes. Hot-headed psycho, more like it. Oh. Yeah, you're on our side for this too? Um, sure. You know what, though? My first episode was all about Ray. Which one? Um, I, I think she was like, she was going on stage for something. Oh, yeah, I the think. talent show one? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember that one. It's a good one. <laughs> I was like, I have no idea what's going on right now. <laughs> but she seemed pretty cool at that point. All right, so, so, so sorry to we're interrupt. we're in the Dark Kingdom. Yeah. Queen Barrel, swirling that energy. Uh, Jedite has been sent off to eternal sleep. And so now we have our new villain, Nephrite. And his beautiful, beautiful hair. And I just, I love water, a chocolate waterfall. (laughs) Oh, God. It's no zoocyte, but. I love that this this episode kicks off with and our first introduction to to Nephrite, and he just starts by going, "Listen, Jedi sucks." <laughs> 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 I 
Which is like that is a recurring theme. Like all of the the, the four kings of heaven, except obviously for uh, Zoosite and Malachite. But everyone thinks everyone else sucks. Like uh-huh. to the point where Zoosite pops in in this scene and is like, like in front of Queen Beryl is like, uh, yeah, but you also suck. So, <laughs> but I do like that this introduces. Uh, we talked about this a little bit before that each of the the four Dark Kingdom generals has a different philosophy on how to get energy. Mm-hmm. Jedi was very brute force. He was very blunt about it. You get as many people as you can. Yeah. You get them into one place, you suck their energy until they're in comas, and <laughs> you're done. Nephrite shows up and he says, no, that's that's not the way. We can get all the energy we need from one person. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there's a, a moment in your life when your energy is at its peak and you can produce as much energy from one person as you can get from a hundred people when they're normal, which mm-hmm. is really interesting and I think enjoyably changes the dynamic of the show and it makes the Nephrite episodes feel different from the Jedi episodes. Mm-hmm. It also makes no sense. What? Why? <laughs> because, like, that just... <laughs> Stymie. The math, like, just mathematically, I have, <laughs> I have trouble believing that. You just don't believe it. You don't think also, this concentration of energy... Imagine, imagine when you're just drawing energy from everybody. Maybe, like, energy gets gets lost when you're like trying to combine it all. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's just too much air between it all. But when you've got like concentrated energy and it's already all harvested in one spot, it might actually be more powerful. I mean, plus you're talking about the difference That's between... science. Yeah. You're talking about the difference between just how a bunch of people feel about jewelry versus like how this one person <laughs> feels about the thing they're most passionate about in the world, which is in this yeah. case is tennis. She loves Wait, tennis way more than some people like jewelry. I've got a question. Why all the ites? Where did all these names come from? Don't know. They are all named after minerals. Yes, but For why? some reason. Yes, exactly. Oh, is oh. that it? Yeah. It's, we were talking about this in the last episode where they uh, they translated uh, Nephrite's name to the American version as Nephlite. Yeah. Uh, and I was talking about how weird that is because Nephrite is a thing. <laughs> it is, oh. It's in the encyclopedia. <laughs> they could have gone and looked it up. Uh, so well, it's... You know, it always confused me because, um, like, I was born and raised, like, Mormon. I'm not anymore, but, like, in the Book of Mormon, there's, like, Nephites... So that's spelled like Nephlite, but oh, without yeah, yeah. the L or Nephrite. And there's gotcha. like Jaredites. And these are all people, peoples, you know, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. named after <laughs> named after certain like prophets like Nephi and Jared, you know, and like all of those guys. And there's actually like Malachite. There's like, I swear there's a guy named Malachite. I mean, you know, so it was like really like it like made my head do like spins. That there were all these weird guys up there named after like almost Mormon things. I was always like, why? And of course, there's no Wikipedia. Yeah, I, I think uh, anyway. they're all yeah, they're all named after different kinds of rock, including uh, Queen Beryl. Uh-huh. Um, oh, okay. But it is weird, and well, and and then the other thing. Well, is, is because it, I I just got it. I get it because oh, of Queen Metallia. Oh yeah, that's gonna be. It's all coming down from the top. Yeah. Oh. It's planets versus metals, everybody. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, that the makes so much more sense. Well, and like we said, there's going to be a Rubius, so just rocks in general. Oh, wonder, yeah. No, I this makes that's sense. Because they're all, because the Dark Kingdom, I mean, we, we talked about this a little bit uh, last week with uh, Donna thinking, like like when she was a kid, thinking that they were the Dark Kingdom was actually subterranean, like that they were under the crust of the earth. It, I wonder if that's like thematically the, you know, uh, Queen Metallia, Queen Beryl, the, all the generals, that they're named after things that come 
come from within the earth hmm. and the scouts are all named after things that are you know obviously up in the sky in space oh dude you guys really think about this stuff <laughs> it, it is the nature of the show <laughs> we have no choice so yeah. anyway that is that is going to be uh that's going to be nephrite's plan he is going to f- use uh his powers of astrology question yes. mark yeah oh yeah uh-huh. to uh discover people who are nearing the peak of their energy and then he will use his powers to uh harvest all their energy in one go for the dark kingdom which again i i like it don't get me wrong i think it's a cool <laughs> the earth it's a cool way to switch things up is imagine it as a milkshake and then there's a milkshake <laughs> And there's a straw. <laughs> I don't know. I'm ruining this. I'm ruining it. Works perfectly. Yeah. Uh, well, we do need to talk about. So, as you said, zoocyte shows up. Now, two things about zoocyte. First of all, this is another case of weird uh, translations because in the American dub, in this episode, they do call her zoocyte, but I swear there is going to be other episodes where they call her zoocyte um, instead. So they go back and forth between the pronunciation of zoa and zoi. Uh, mm. So, in my mind, I think of her as zoocyte, which I know is totally wrong. But there you are. And then, that's the other thing is I just called her a her. She's a woman yep. in the American version. Yes, uh, because <laughs> Zoocyte is uh, very much in a relationship with Malachite. Yes. Uh, and they like in the same way that we eventually get cousins. Yeah. Uh, Deke was was not really down with the whole uh, whole uh, homosexuality thing. Right. Yeah. I they they fully brainwashed me. I I was not intending to call Zoocyte a woman just there, but nah, it, it me worked. Too, yeah, it's I, I I she is one hundred percent a woman in my mind. Well, because I mean they give her a woman voice, they treat her as a woman, they refer to her as a woman, and that's the one I watched when I was young and formative. Well, you know, I I think though that watching this episode in Japanese, I. I, I was trying to figure out any clues as to Zoocyte being male, and I didn't find them, I thought. Still, it like, I still would have watched it and guessed that it was a woman. Or it's something. a it's a very easy transition to make, yeah. I think, because yeah. Zoocyte <laughs> is... That one was a lot easier than... <laughs> Yeah. Later things. Yes. Zoocyte is is very kind of stereotypically feminine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he first appears, I, I love the way he first appears because uh, he is just casually sitting in midair, yes. mm-hmm. legs crossed, uh, legs crossed, arms crossed, and so you you know he's got the really long wavy ponytail. Uh, he teleports with uh, cherry blossoms, <laughs> which you know right, he's, right. he's surrounded in flower petals. So <laughs> it's I mean it's very easy to to look at it and go oh okay that's a girl <laughs> yeah uh but how do you even then, like figure that out if you watch anime if you watch sailor moon is it like i mean how do, how does zoocyte look different from queen barrel is it like no size or their chin, uh women's chins in sailor moon are slightly pointier and it'll also be a male voice and then they'll pronoun they'll pronoun right. him as a him in the, in the it, dub yeah, you're right. It's you're right. It's got to be the pronoun. I wonder. Of course, in this case, I don't think that there was any pronoun made in this episode, Probably unless not. they changed the the subtitle. I well, don't know. Uh, Japanese does not have gendered pronouns. Interesting. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah, it's a little little linguistic fact. Uh, anyway, we'll be we'll be seeing a lot of Zoocyte in the future. Good. Uh, and we will have plenty of opportunity to explain why they felt the need. <laughs> 
to just refer to Zosite as a woman. Uh, but for now, since we are watching the uh, yeah. the original version, uh, I quick side note: I told you guys about the or, or Jordan. I told you about the my favorite Sailor Moon fanfic, right? Uh, ooh, oh gosh, I don't remember that. Maybe okay, you would remember. I'm sure. I'm sure I did. The <sighs> one that starts off with the two page rant. About the translations? Tell it again. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm sure I'm Just sure I've told this story before. But I feel like you would you would definitely remember it if I had. I'm pretty forgetful. Uh it's the Sailor Moon fanfic that I saw back in the nineties. And it starts off with this two-page rant about how Deke is killing Sailor Moon. And oh. it is just subverting uh Naoko Takeuchi's original ideas, and it is an <laughs> insult to the author to do things like just not not even changing uh Zoosite's gender, not even even the the cousin stuff, mm. but just the the very idea of changing the names uh, was oh. dumbing it down for the American audience. Oh. Uh, this person refused to use uh, the American names, like made a big deal of of I am not going to use. I'm not going to call her Serena. I'm not going to call her Ray, spelled with a Y E. I'm not going to use the American names at all because what they're doing is destroying this show that I love because it is not the author's original intent. Mm-hmm. Then the story starts and the story is about uh, Usagi, not Serena. Uh, the story is about Usagi using the Luna pen to grow a penis so she can have sex with her brother. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's like, it's like whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. You, like, you good love thing. the American names. <laughs> yeah, good thing he was called Shingo. Okay. <laughs> oh man, that is amazing. Uh, the novel actually has a really good. Speaking of fan fiction, uh, the novel has a really good uh, uh, interaction between Zoosite and Nephrite. That's right. And it's uh, it's elaborated on a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and well, uh, the novel Centaur her a, makes Zoosite a complete jerk, like over the top, and it's really great. Uh, <laughs> the novel must have. Zoosite as a woman too, then, right? Yes, yes. Uh, uh, I didn't know you were so artistic, she said, cocking her head. Let me guess. You always wanted to be an artist, but your mommy told you being an evil general of the Negaverse was where the real money was. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, that's amazing. What what society are they growing up in where that is a thing? I had no idea they were earning money. I have no idea that they were referring to themselves as evil, but that, sure, that that's does back up my plan. <laughs> Queen Beryl like, is rejecting any sane plan to gather energy by just going, nope, not evil enough. Make it more evil. Uh, uh, they also go on to uh, he explains his uh, philosophy and the way that he says it is uh, uh, Jedi was a fool. He never grasped the idea that draining energy from a crowd attracts a lot of unwanted attention. Uh, which is true. Yeah. And then he uh, conjures up an image of the person who is about to reach their energy peak and it is young tennis player Katie Sandler. Katie Sandler. That is also in the dub. Yep, that's her name. Katie Sandler. Wow, nice. So, as a uh, yeah, oh when he right before he conjures up the image of her in the in the cartoon, he uh creates a, a creepy mansion on a hill for himself to live in, which is pretty <laughs> awesome. Um and then yeah, he does uh, his- Do you think he wanted to get an apartment? <laughs> and he was like, "Look, I'm going to get an apartment right in downtown. It's going to be close." To where I can get to everything, and Queen Beryl's just like, "Nope, not evil enough. You need a scary mansion." I think. Well, I think <laughs> she was she was still upset about the the overspending that Jedi did, and she was like, "That's not cost effective." <laughs> with a commute. I will say that why, for Nifrite. Much more cost-effective plan. Yeah. Why would you get this tiny little penthouse when you could have a giant mansion out of the city? 
It only makes sense. <laughs> so he makes himself a little creepy mansion. He does his astrology thing. He finds a Katie Sandler or what's her name in, in the Japanese version? I cannot recall now. Uh, Molly just calls her uh, Onichan, so I forget her yeah. name. So yeah, she, we'll call oh, it's her Rui. It's Rui. Rui. Right. Uh, Rui. Rui. Oh, okay. She is an amazing tennis player. Uh, she is being stalked by the press. That's how good she is. Yeah. She's so good. She is a, a middle school tennis player. <laughs> And there is a mob of reporters. Yeah. Like Hard Day's Night style. (laughs) And, uh... And we follow her to the tennis court where she's playing. And as you said, we see uh, Usagi and Naru or Molly and uh, and Serena watching her and just being super impressed. Uh, one of the things I kind of love about Serena is she kind of is willing to roll with anything. Mm-hmm. There's been no indication that she gives a crap about tennis ever before. But then they're uh. just like, uh, she's at a tennis place and somebody's doing well. And she's just is like, I'm happy for them. I'll watch this. Sure. She's doing great. <laughs> She'll go along. Dude, if well, you saw that much. No, if you saw that much press, you'd be you'd be impressed too especially if you're a kid you're like wow this person's a huge deal i want to play tennis <laughs> you're probably right i think if there's one thing we know about yusagi is that she's a little bit flighty that's true yeah uh, but i also I, I really do like the idea that she is just kind of full of wide-eyed wonder at everything yeah yeah <laughs> Where, like, I like that she will appreciate it if she sees someone who is at the top of their craft, no matter what that craft is, which we're going to see over and over again in the entire uh, nephrite section of the show. And we have seen a bit of it before, like in the jazz episode. Yeah, like, she's like, like that's another one. She suddenly gets into jazz in that episode because <laughs> Molly is so sophisticated and listens to jazz. <laughs> so, uh, so, so then we get what might be the dumbest interaction of this episode, but it's kind of adorable anyway. Anyway, uh, Molly, watching this this amazing tennis player, goes, you know, go, sis, you're going to win, sister of mine. Uh, and <laughs> Yusagi like, goes. Like, Serena's like, oh, she's your sister? She's like, don't be an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> no, she, it gets worse than that because she goes, I'm going to, she, she, she pulls out and I'm going to, I will punish you. She goes, That's my favorite thing. She does, because she, she does the, the hands. Pose. She does yes. the Sailor Moon hands. <laughs> That was pretty awesome. She does the, 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 uh, what is it? It's like, oh, she does that. She says, I will punish you for lying to me all this time and not telling me you had a sister. Uh, to which Molly, yes. To which Molly is like, no, are you dumb? (laughs) But our last names are spelled and pronounced differently. (laughs) In Yusagi's defense, in Yusagi's defense, uh, her, uh, uh, Naru's uh, argument is no, like we're, we're, you know, obviously we're not sisters. We're, we're, our names are different. Da, 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 da. She's just someone who means a lot to me and who, who I, I, I've known for a really, really long time that you as my best friend have never heard about ever. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And this is a thing that, that happens in TV shows that I don't think happens. I mean, I'm sure it happens in real life, but it doesn't happen with the alarming regularity that it does on <laughs> TV shows, which is that someone will have a secret best friend right. that their other best friend doesn't know about. Like, oh yeah, she's my best friend from elementary school or like this happens all the time on shows and I feel like Yusagi has a right to be like wait who is this super close friend who is like a sister to you that I have never heard of as your best friend. Well, they seem to go to the same school, don't they? They yeah. certainly have similar uniforms, but she might go to Minako's school. They have very similar uniforms. True. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. So, so that, that confusion settled. Uh, the friendship is no longer in jeopardy and Molly does not well, need to be punished. Also, Molly's reasoning for being so close to this girl that they are like sisters, that mm-hmm. she calls her sis, you know, she calls her Oni-chan, that she, uh, uh, is that, oh yeah, her mom shops at my mom's jewelry store. 
like how much jewelry do you have to buy to for your kid to be best friends with the jewelry for your kid to be like a sister to the jewelry store owner's kid i can see you know yeah that's a lot that she must come from a really rich family the mother is like i'm gonna be a while go hang out with that girl in the corner yeah. i'm gonna be looking at jewelry for a few hours <laughs> uh this is also an episode uh i talked about the this show's alarming psychological toll on uh oh, yeah. naru osaka uh at this point like i feel terrible for naru like before we even get into the rest of the stuff of the uh the maxfield stanton stuff the first thing that happens in the show is that naru's mom is locked in a basement and impersonated by a monster for several days right Mm -hmm. uh her best friend starts hanging out with these new girls at the time And then she is continually involved in these plots. Like yeah. her best friend, like her best friend's not around anymore. Her mom has turned on her. Her older sister <laughs> well, turned her mom on, has gets turned better. on her. Wow. Yeah, th- I mean, it all works out. But like you, I you have to imagine that when Molly gets to high school, she she's like Steve Austin. She's like Stone Cold. She DTA. Don't <laughs> trust anybody. <laughs> oh. Dude, thank God she knows Sailor Moon. Yeah, I know. She would be, like, first of all, she'd be dead several times over. Yeah. So while they are watching Rui's amazing tennis performance, uh, (laughs) a sweet Ferrari rolls up. Yep. (laughs) And who should emerge but new local businessman, which, by the way, all of the middle school children are able to identify him as that young entrepreneur. Worse than that, you you already referenced the Beatles once this episode, but they scream when they see him. That is how good looking he is. I mean, I I don't think I've ever been in a place where someone was so attractive that other people just screamed to see them. Well, you you live in New York. <laughs> okay, you, there you go. You see, this you is see Tokyo. people all the time. It's Tokyo. Yeah, she lives in Tokyo. <laughs> it's a bigger city than New York, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, leave it to crowds to, you know, set up the plot but, seamlessly. <laughs> but yeah, they because yeah, they scream and then they and then they talk about back they talk, they talk about backstory for us. Oh, that's that rich. That's like, that new oh, rich guy. Well, I know when I was in middle school, uh, <laughs> the things I was really into was like Power Rangers. Uh, it was like pro wrestling, comics, obviously, and keeping track of the people who ran new local businesses. <laughs> yep, <laughs> businesses that did not actually exist or sell anything. Just random CEOs. So Basically. everybody goes, "Oh, hey, that's the new businessman in town, Masato Senjoin, uh, aka Maxfield Stanton, mm-hmm. aka Neflight, aka Nephrite." Yes. Wow. A lot of names. Uh, And he jumps the fence. A 10 foot fence. Because the fence is about 10 feet tall. (laughs) He like does a flip over it. He's got to prove that he's an athlete. (laughs) (laughs) Which he does readily. But that's the thing. Nobody goes, holy fuck. (laughs) Which is what everyone should do. He doesn't take his hands out of his pockets of his stupid pleated pants. Really? He doesn't even... I see. I don't remember. You guys really pay attention. Like, I'm just like, I just accept this stuff. Like, I'm like, okay, yeah, he's jumping over the fence. I totally don't remember him jumping over the fence. And I was picturing him at least using his hands. No. No. He does a a forward flip over the fence with his hands in his pockets. That makes sense. Totally. Hands in pockets. (laughs) Amazing. 
So he so he flips over the fence and they go, you're not allowed to be on the courts. And he's like, yeah, you're clearly an adult man who should not be at this middle school tennis <laughs> match. He demands a racket from one of the players playing against uh, uh, Kate, Katie, because I can't remember her real name. Uh, right. He demands a, a, a racket. She gives it up to him. Uh, he says to Katie, Katie, go ahead. Uh, hey, serve. You got a decent serve. Let's see it. She serves it. He smashes the ball back at her. So hard it explodes. Or am I remembering that later? I think so. Uh, it does not explode. It doesn't explode. Okay. It knocks it out of her hand. It hits. It hits her hand and disarms her. Right. Does well, that it, that actually kind of injures her hand, which always offends me. I don't <laughs> appreciate hand violence. No. I get really pissed off about hand violence. No way. Well, that's that that bring that brings up the first instance of it because in this episode they seem to be playing uh tennis tag rather than like actual tennis <laughs> the goal of this episode is hit the other player immediately with the tennis ball which is what happens for the rest of the show and you know i on i honestly wonder why this technique has not been used i mean this is how this is how tennis should have evolved you know <laughs> just kill the other player immediately with the well, ball then you win i would assume it's against the rules or something no i feel like traditionally the object of tennis is to hit the ball away from where the person is standing. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is like a total game changer. It's like when the high jump, like they started doing it like with their back to the ground. It's like <laughs> right, right. totally, it's, you know, it's just exponential how much better you can get if you injure the other player with, and just hit the ball straight at them. Like, I mean, it's genius. They wow. should have been uh, doing the high jump with pleated pants and hands in their pockets, obviously. Yeah. That's the technique. Yeah, I mean, this guy this guy clearly knows how to do things, you know? So so having having Ru- humiliated a, a child on the tennis well, court. Not just humiliating a child. <laughs> Rui serves, like, uh, Nephrite walks up and he's, like, in the guise of giving her a tip. He uh, inscribes a sigil on yeah. her racket. His, his evil gonna, crest. Oh, that's right. It's Nephrite's evil crest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That is going to ramp up her energy and also allow him to drain it through one of his monsters. And he's like, all right, now try serving. And she serves and burns this tennis ball, not only mm-hmm. into this dude, but like it goes, it, it, it makes yeah. a hole in the ground. And this guy was so excited to be... <laughs> To be playing tennis with her because you know he's getting to he's getting to spar with uh, the famous middle school tennis player Rui. So mean. But yeah, the like I I just want to point out she hits a tennis ball so hard that it creates a crater yeah. in the tennis court. Yep. Yusagi Tsukino is there. <laughs> She is watching this happen. Like I said, she's and new to she, tennis. She, she, she doesn't, doesn't go, know. well, that's fucked up. She's like, wow, that's impressive. She got better. <laughs> she's new to tennis, but like, has she seen a tennis ball before? <laughs> does she know that a tennis ball does not usually go through the, the clay? This this does also raise the question to me, which I, I always had with Jedi as well, of I question the energy input output. <laughs> That goes on here. Turning her into someone with super strength seems like it would cost energy, and yet somehow they they're, they're claiming there's going to be a net gain for the Dark Kingdom. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's actually just ramping up the energy reserves that are within her. Okay. Uh, basically, my theory is that this means uh, Rui dies like ten years early. <laughs> oh, great! Wow. <laughs> <laughs> like wonderful like Princess Bride. They're like sucking the energy. Yeah, I think that's I think that's pretty much it. Nice. It, They've got Count Rugen's uh, Count Rugen's water wheel going. Nice. I approve. 
So, <laughs> so the next time we see Nephrite, by the way, he is on top of a fucking building, which I assume he just jumped up there. And again, Usagi's oh, right, there. Because he pulls a Batman. Did not notice. Oh. He, he pulls a Batman. He pulls a, hey, that really, what, what, where did he go? Um, yeah, yeah. But Usagi's there? She's on the building? I do not remember no, this. She's not on the building. She's at the tennis court. She oh. has seen all of oh, this. Oh, she's seen all of this. Yeah, but see, and- she sounds a lot like me because I didn't notice any of this. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, but that's the thing. When Batman does it, he does it like with Jim Gordon talking to him and then Jim turns around and he's gone. This was, like you said, there was a crowd of people watching. They yeah. were all, apparently all <laughs> so focused on the on the exploding tennis ball that they nobody noticed him disappear. Also, they're, they're over three months into being terrorized by the Dark Kingdom at this point. Yeah. Everyone in, in Tokyo slash definitely the Juban district should be wary of strangers. There, he's not but a stranger. Isn't that oh so telling about our society and humanity in general that we have all these horrible things happen with our government. I don't know. <laughs> trying to make anything like super and then we just forget. But see I was going to say that's that's exactly it. He's not a stranger. He spent the time laying the backstory that he's this millionaire oh. so that they're like okay we try we know that guy. Like he's not he a probably has dude. like special shoes. <laughs> High jump shoes. So, uh, speaking of the Dark Kingdom, Luna heads over to the arcade. Mm -hmm. Uh, She gives. She uh, claims to be. uh, Her her code name is zero zero nine (laughs) one, which I don't. I have no idea if that's a reference to anything. I don't know. Uh, and she is talking to whoever it is that's inside the video game that uh-huh. we know who it is, but we have it has not been revealed yet. Yes. <laughs> uh, and she gives the uh, the password and the countersign, which is all about uh, the rabbit on the moon pounding rice into mochi. Obviously, that is a very Japanese reference mm-hmm. to the uh, the you know rabbit on the moon mochi in general is a, a Japanese thing that we don't really have in America. Jordan, what's her uh, what's the password? In the anime, uh, the, in the anime, I believe it's like uh, the kitty stalks in the moonlight, and then the um, the response is like, "Oh, I'll f- then then I'll then I'll make sure the kitty's fed," and then she re- finally responds, <laughs> "Kitty wants some catnip, I think." <laughs> <laughs> okay, because in the novel, let's hear the this novel. Exchange, the exchange plays out completely differently, and it's kind of my favorite thing because oh. it's it is peak Luna. Let's hear it. Oh, uh, she goes to the Sailor uh, V game, and uh, this is what happens. Welcome to Sailor V. The game said with buzzing and whirring noises. If you would be so kind as to insert twenty five cents, Sailor V will make sure your donation goes toward the destruction of monsters and evil. <laughs> wow. Luna sighed. I swear, this machine gets stupider every time I come here. <laughs> the machine beeped. Welcome to Sailor V, it repeated. If you would be so kind as to insert, it's Luna, you ridiculous thing. <laughs> Luna shouted, stop acting like you don't know it's me. Uh, the game stopped, then beeped for a few moments. Code name, it asked? 0091, Luna scowled. Let me into your securities already. I almost became a kitty pancake tonight, and I'm not in a good mood. She almost gets hit by a bus uh, on her way over. Right. The game buzzed. Password? Sailor V is the mistress of justice and the queen of beauty. Enemies and young men alike are blown away by her goddess-like aura. What? <laughs> Another beep. And who are destroyed by this goddess like Aura? Luna growled. The enemies are destroyed. The young men are all just desperately in love. Let me in. 
Amazing. Uh, and then uh, later, she, uh, they, uh, the voice inside, by the way, three guesses who set that password, by the way. Uh, wow. The voice in the machine tells her all about, uh, it's like, hey, uh, we figured it out. It's Jedi was not acting alone. He's actually part of a large organization. They're called the Negaverse. Right. Uh, she actually refers to the Negaverse as a dark kingdom in another dimension, which I thought was a, a nice touch. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and tells her that they're looking for the quote, well, in, in the manga, it would be quote, legendary silver crystal always in quotes for some reason uh here it's the imperium silver crystal right uh and then tries to tell luna a joke and luna slapped a paw to her forehead if somebody was paying me for this job she said through good and teeth they wouldn't be paying me enough <laughs> but but you get free magic pens <laughs> shut up wow nice I, wait, I love that Luna and Artemis apparently just fucking hate each other in this novel. She must not know it's him yet. Uh, she, she, I forget when she reveals, like, is she surprised? I guess she is. I guess she's surprised when it turns out to be Artemis. Spoiler warning. Sorry, everybody. No. Oh. It's all right. Uh, I, I just love the idea that uh, you get free magic pens is a perk of the job. Luna can't use them. She has no fingers. Although she, she can no type thumbs. well. So, so uh. Yeah, so in the anime, uh, in the Japanese version, as you alluded to, they 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 don't call them the Negaverse; they just call them Dark Kingdom. And we cut to uh, a scene of sailor business where they've got the the, the scouts uh, for a meeting at the at the temple, and she's going, "Well, they're called the Dark Kingdom." Oh, the Dark Kingdom, Dark Kingdom. Okay, Dark Kingdom. And they're like, uh, Ray goes, "All right, we know their name. Sounds like a great opportunity to just go in and murder them immediately." <laughs> Uh, and everybody goes, well, maybe we should settle down a little bit. And then Yusaki goes, I think the perfect idea would be to take tennis lessons from a beautiful tennis coach named Maxfield Stanton or not Maxfield Stanton. The Masato Senjuan. Uh, this is brought up in the novel as well. And uh, this is my last note for the novel because from here on out, it's all pretty much just like the uh, the anime. But uh, I just wanted to point it out because Ray says, I find it remarkable that you can put guys and sailor business on the same level of importance. <laughs> wow. Which I think is our motto here. Guys <laughs> yeah. and business. Uh, Luna is a complete jerk in this scene. Oh, she, yeah. She says... She, like, Yusagi's like, hey, we should train for our battle against our kingdom by mm. taking up tennis. Yeah. Which, to be fair, like, look, I know that Yusagi <laughs> is entirely motivated by wanting to see a hot dude in this cool <laughs> thing she just saw. Tennis is a sport. Ten- tennis does require athleticism. Sure, uh, sure. It's very hard to do. Yeah, she's not be... saying let's go eat ice cream. Like, yeah, that's she's true. saying let's go engage in an athletic activity in order to train for fighting evil. Mm. For Yusagi, that is a big step. Step on. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, true. This is a good point. But Luna just shuts her down and says, "Oh Jesus! Thank God, Amy and Ray are on the team." <laughs> and like, it's that's so mean. But I love that Amy like steps in to defend Yusagi and goes, oh, "Hey, right. listen, that's actually not a bad idea." <laughs> Uh, no, no, she doesn't say that. She doesn't say it's not a bad idea. She just basically goes, you can't, you guys shouldn't be so mean to her. Because then Yuzaki's like, oh, you, you understand. Let's go play tennis. She goes, no, I have study. I'm not going to. Uh, so I don't think she actually thinks the tennis was a good idea. She just doesn't like when people are mean. Yeah, but I mean, she also, like, look, Amy really does have to go to cram school. She's not, like, making an excuse. No, no, I know. I know. I know. I know. But I'm saying she also is is rejecting. She is on her way to school. She is also rejecting tennis. Um, 
Speaking of people who don't like when other people are mean, we then cut to a scene of uh, of Molly being upset and talking to Aww. Serena. Uh, and listen, again, we are omniscient in this in that we know that Nef- Nephrite is doing all this and we know that the, there's dark stuff at play. <laughs> but if you look at it from the point of view of someone who doesn't realize it's a supernatural show, what is happening here is Molly is talking to her best friend going, my other friend has changed her style of tennis and something is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> She not, she's playing angry. What do we not do? Not just her style of tennis, but also she's mean now. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, but it, but well, although again, how mean she is. She, okay, she plays mean. She plays aggressively, and then Molly goes up to her and says, "What's wrong?" And she goes, "It's not about you." And she's yeah, right. But she's also been hitting people. <laughs> she's been hitting people with the ball so hard that it breaks their rackets, <laughs> and then she will stomp on their racket <laughs> well, as and a- tell them they are garbage people. <laughs> as Amy pointed out, this is just a breakthrough in tennis. <laughs> this is just a new revolutionary method. Genius. Jumping on the racket makes sense too. Then they can't play. Yeah, they're going to have to forfeit. Um, Again, I don't, I think that would probably get you kicked out of most tennis competitions. And I feel like even though she's expending some energy doing that big crazy swing, then she doesn't have to do any more tennis after that. That's she true. just gets to rest up. That's true. It's great. It's great. So, so, uh, so we have a yeah, we have a little flashback to show us specifically a little silent flashback that when 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 they were both young, uh, Rui was super super nice to Nara, like sweet moments, and then now she had the thing where she goes, "What is everything all right?" And she goes, "It's not about you." <laughs> I really liked this whole moment. It was very sweet and sad. It is, sad. but I, I like your Naro impression, your Molly impression. <laughs> It's it's funny. Is everything all right, Serena? No, it's not Serena. It's Katie. Is everything all right, Katie? She's she's playing so angry. We should do we should do our own dub. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh, that would be great. That would be, be awesome. So, so but the, but again, so okay. So Actually, wait, I'm going to interrupt really please, fast. Please. Chris, you should do you should do like an audible version of this fanfic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, no, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> not, not doing that one. Okay. Aww. Aww. Um, but but here's what I mean, okay? So, Molly go so like I said, Molly said she's She's playing angry. She she yelled at me. I'm upset. What should we do? And they're going to do something. And like I said, we know what they're going to end up doing is fighting a monster and freeing her. But what do they think they're going to do? Just go spy on her and go, let's see if she's what? Like, I don't know. What do they expect to find when they go? Well, in the novel, there's actually a lot more of this. Okay. Uh, oh, good. I, but I think that what, what Molly's going to do is like, look, I want to go talk to her, but I, I don't want to go alone. Can you just go there and be with me while I talk to my friend? Because I'm really upset about it. Okay. Yeah. Because in the novel, she doesn't just say, hey, this has nothing to do with you. She says, I don't want to be your friend anymore. Okay. That's much more serious. Uh, she, she, she friend breaks up with her. Mm. Uh, I, lo- I do love the idea that uh, oh, also, it is specific specifically said in the novel that uh, Ka- that Katie has not stopped playing tennis even to go to the bathroom, <laughs> which <laughs> like, I, I tend to enjoy the novels and you know, I will give uh, Leanne Centaur a lot of uh, a lot of leeway because she was, you know, a teenager when she was writing the novels. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like I question that detail. <laughs> I question having like I question us having to know that uh oh by the way uh Katie has uh, not hit the toilet. <laughs> Uh, so what we're talking about like eight hours what uh but yeah like i like that usagi shows up she goes with her she sees this girl whose eyes are black 
uh, like do like shooting a tennis ball as though out of a rocket launcher uh, and glowing and goes, hey, is, is there a monster involved in this? <laughs> she does figure it out. <laughs> like, yes, Usagi, if you like any time that you would be tempted to ask if there is a monster involved, there is a monster involved. Just this is your life now. Well, at least she's not paranoid. <laughs> so she then has the selfish thought of, oh, good, 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 good. This is the Dark Kingdom. I will defeat this Dark Kingdom monster, and that'll show Luna and and Ray how awesome I am. Um, oh yeah. So we'll see how that works out for her. Oh, it's the best. Uh, so she sneaks in. Uh, they they just go. Okay, wait. What happens? So they go in. Oh right. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Rui's about to, again, play tennis tag, destroy these two boys, like hit the ball into them so hard that they die. Molly and Serena- She's playing, she is playing uh, a doubles game against two pros by herself. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. is pretty great. They're supposed to be professionals and they're like begging her to stop. And uh, so so Molly and Serena run out into the middle of the court and get in the way. Uh, and she's like, get out of the way. And they're like, we're not getting out of the way. Before this, I do love that uh, when Serena's having her like, oh, but if this was a monster and I beat it, that'll show Ray and Luna. Uh, that'll show them how great I am. She's like grinning to herself. Oh, yeah. And meanwhile, like Naru's standing next to her looking <laughs> like her friend has just broken her heart. And... Uh, and so she looks over and, and Isagi's grinning, like just has this like self-satisfied smirk. And she's like, are you all right? <laughs> like, this, is, this is not a time for this uh, happiness of yours. So, uh, so Rui attacks them yeah. by shooting a shadow Hadouken out of yeah. her tennis racket. Wind energy, who knows what it is. Uh, yeah. It knocks, Evil magic. I, I guess it knocks Naru out. Or enough that Serena feels comfortable jumping up and and going, all right, cool, I'm going to transform. And she transforms. And then the monster appears. Yeah, the the monster appearance is fucking awesome. It looks a lot like the Death Note demons, I thought. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. The way it's animated is so great. Uh, (laughs) I haven't seen Death Note, so I have nothing to compare it to (laughs) on that front. But... um, yeah, it's really, really cool. Everything gets all like red and black sketchy and this, you know, oh, shadow right. dragon thing comes out of the, the tennis racket. Uh, <laughs> it's really, really cool. And the monster uh, comes And then out. turns into albino Grace Jones. Yeah, it's a very weird looking monster. Yeah, yeah, in the end, it looks like the Death Note thing. You know what I was thinking, though, during that sequence? I was like, ooh, that's a really cool sequence. And I bet it was like really easy to draw. <laughs> <laughs> That's what goes through my head. I'm like, ooh, shortcut. <laughs> then we get to the entire reason this episode exists, in my opinion. What is one of the best things in the world? So great. <laughs> so Moon gets attacked great. by this yeah. monster. This monster shoots a little ball of energy at her. She runs. She fails to run away. She gets hit by mm-hmm. it. It turns her into a giant tennis ball. <laughs> With her head and arms and legs sticking out. Yep. And I love this because the appearance of the monster is so dramatic. Like when the, the way the monster comes out of the tennis racket is so like genuinely yeah. scary. I think like it becomes a, a scary show for a minute. And then the first thing the monster does is literally the silliest thing that we have seen on the show to date. So it turns her into a tennis ball and then uses like telekinesis or absolute control of tennis balls. I don't know what, what power it has specifically to bounce her around the court. Uh, just And she's like, ah, 
Um, until it eventually bounces her like face first into the ground. Yeah. Then we get. I oh, I, I want. I, I have all the Sailor Moon uh, SH figure arts. <laughs> oh uh, no. Figures. <laughs> I am like I feel like they're about the size where I could get a tennis ball and just oh. like, cut it open and just put a tennis ball on Yusagi. <laughs> Please but do also it. like if they if they have not made a tennis ball Sailor Moon variant action figure, what are they even doing? <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you doing if I cannot buy tennis ball Sailor Moon right now? Googling. Googling. I was considering that next year I could go as as tennis ball Sailor Moon. <laughs> I dare you. you know, it wouldn't be that much more effort. <laughs> if anyone, like, I'm going to Google it right now. I don't see any figures. has done or seen cosplay of Tennis Ball Sailor Moon. Oh, cosplay. Good call. Because there has to have been, there has to have been cosplay, right? There has but to have been. The thing is, tell me something, though. Before you did this episode, did you remember that she was turned into a tennis ball? Oh, I did. Oh, yes. Because I did. it okay. is the most adorable it's, thing in the world. Okay, It's one of my that. favorite things on the show. <laughs> All right. So if you guys remember it, that means other people hopefully have remembered it. All right. I might do this next year. Uh, all right. I don't see. <laughs> yeah, I can't no, find any. I, I can't see any Tennis Ball Sailor Moon cosplay, but if anyone out there has done it or or, or has a picture of it, please tweet at us at Sailor us Business. Or, oh, I want to see it so bad. Or 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 has customized their own figure like, like Chris suggested. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, it's so funny. Again, I remember this from being a kid as well and, and loving it. It is so adorable and so funny. Uh, it's it is so best. silly and this episode it, and it's it's perfect because this episode's so dramatic like <laughs> you have uh, uh you know this this new villain with this new power shows up you know naru is upset because her friend has turned on her and yeah. doesn't want to be friends anymore and is really upset by it like it's a very dramatic and a very serious episode and then the dumbest thing happens yeah <laughs> it's really really great and i really love it Send us ball Sailor Moon. The, I put a picture up on Twitter. I'm gonna guess that's gonna be our our show picture. Of course, too. it's gotta be. Is it the one of her swooning? <laughs> it's the one of her clapping. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's the one the of part. her looking very happy. Because <laughs> what happens next is uh, this is probably the most saving of Sailor Moon that uh, Tuxedo Mask ever does in an episode. He shows up. He stops the oh, monster. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah, he stops the monster from bouncing her around the court randomly. He gets her free of the tennis ball uh, shape, which is kind of too bad, but there you go. He does. He uses <laughs> his extendo stick to fight the monster. He uses, um, and then he, well, then he gets, he gets with Sailor Moon and he goes like, uh, all right, like, let's, let's do this. Let's finish her. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they attack. He does again, his dumb move of throwing a rose in the monster's face, but it is the most effective rose in the monster's face of all time. It takes this oh, yeah. monster like a minute and a half to recover from a rose petals to the face. It's sitting there. I mean, going, when like, I was a kid, I really like. I thought his, uh, I thought his Monkey King cane was awesome. Yeah, that's cool. And he barely but, ever uses it. <laughs> and yeah, like we've seen him throw the rose and have it like cut people, like whether it's the thorns or, or whether the tip sharp or whatever. It, like has like it, it cuts uh, Jedi in a couple episodes. Hmm. Uh, but this time, like yeah, it goes. The rose goes petals first into the monster's face. It's like <laughs> kind of, like foof. It's just a distraction. It's so effective. 
Yeah, it's like it's like it's a sticky rose for some reason. So so he his intention there is I've distracted the monster. Now do your tiara thing, mm-hmm. uh, and which she does, and the monster dies. But before she does, she she gets distracted as well because he starts blinking in and out like a virtual reality dude or something. Like I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, we'll we'll find out more details on that later. But it, he just starts like being all like and mm-hmm. looks like he's in pain. Uh, and so Sailor Moon almost doesn't make the attack, but she does, and the monster dies uh, as always. And again, now we get another scene of the scouts being jerks because they run up and are like, oh, wow, she actually could beat a monster. And it's like, she beats the monster every time, guys. <laughs> There's been one episode so far, I think, where someone else killed the monster. Yeah. Like, wow, she didn't need fog. <laughs> <laughs> I also want to know, how did the scouts know to come at that moment? Like, they come running up as the Sailor Scouts, and I'm like, what? Oh, easy, Jordan. That's that's easy. Wraith and Sense Evil, bro. Oh, right. Well, there you are. Never mind. Yeah, Yeah, but where was she this whole time that she could sense it? Yeah. Uh, Well, look, she had to get there from the shrine. True. They they had to get on the bus. As we've seen before, they don't drive. They took a bus. Mm -hmm. So then we get to the episode ending, which is just an adorable button where we find out, yes, Rui is back to normal. Molly and Serena are there uh, watching her play tennis and then Molly and uh, Rui or Molly and Rui Molly and Katie or not Rui and Rui uh, go off to play <laughs> tennis together and she's like you'll have to go eat you'll have to go easy on me and um yeah <laughs> And then, because it wouldn't be the end of an episode of Sailor Moon if Sailor Moon didn't get humiliated in some way, the last thing that happens is she takes a tennis ball to the face and falls unconscious. Yeah, but we know that everything's back to normal because her head doesn't explode in a fine red mist like it would if uh, Rui had hit it while she was... Well, they super pumped. That's the actually that's the thing. In the American one, it's very specifically Molly who ineffectively serves it and into uh, Serena's face. And I was like, oh, I thought it was Rui in the Japanese, but I then I realized I couldn't really tell because they're not on screen. I know mm. someone has the line of like, get ready for my killer serve, but I it could have been Naru. I I I wasn't sure whose voice it was. Mm, yeah. So I'm that's not. the episode. Uh, Pretty great, good. great episode. Um, one of my favorites. And I I know I say that a lot, but there. There's a lot of really good episodes <laughs> in this in this little stretch of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we're, I mean, we've got some bad ones coming up in uh, a couple weeks, mm-hmm. but this is definitely a favorite. Um, it's it's a throwback in a lot of ways to the the first seven, where this is largely a an adventure for Yusagi by herself. Like right. that's yeah. even a plot point is that she's doing it by herself. It's uh, an adventure that involves Naru, uh, who has a connection to Yusagi and no connection to the other stouts. And this is kind of like we're going to get a lot of Naru uh, interacting with. Uh, Maxfield Stanton in the future. And we are going to have so much to say about that. (laughs) Of course. But yeah, like I really think this particular episode, uh, it's, it's a nice little reintroduction to the way the show works. Uh, which I like to see because it's, you know, the first appearance of Nephrite, that everything's okay. kind of resetting. Uh, there's a different strategy for the villains that I think makes for some really interesting monsters. Just, you know, just as Jedi's sort of increasingly ridiculous plans to lure hundreds of people into a place where he could render them comatose. <laughs> or like, like, I don't think you can get bigger than that amusement park episode where there's sure. that shot of just bodies everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so like, you kind of like, nope, we kind of got to get rid of this guy now but getting the uh the monsters 
that uh, are, are tailored towards specific people like they are in the Nephrite series, uh, I think is is really fun. Just like a great, great episode. Mm-hmm. Good. I liked it I a liked lot. It. Mostly because of Sailor Moon dressed as a tennis ball. Uh, oh, yeah. The yeah te- and the tennis the ball. Part. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute favorite scene in the show. <laughs> it's in up there. the show. It's up there. It really is. It's, it's so it's, funny. Like I love it when the show reminds you that it's a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, oh, by the way, this is still ridiculous. Do you feel like this episode at all spun off like Prince of Tennis or inspired them or whatever? I mean, I'm guessing Prince of Tennis happened after that anime about like uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. tennis. I assume you guys have seen scenes of it. Yeah, I, I, I don't I know. Have I have not. I think I don't, I'm not familiar Chris, with that specific you one. Have to. You have to. I, it was actually recommended it to me while I was uh, I was writing Downset Fight. Like people were recommending a lot of sports manga, so I could see how they work. But the well, trick to Downset one, Fight is that it has no sports in it. <laughs> yeah, Prince of Tennis. There's like a whole scene where like they show the Big Bang. Like they show they show dinosaurs dying. Like it goes into like the history of man or something. I mean, it's crazy. Just with like one tennis move, you've got to see this. It's it just. <laughs> Okay. goes so over the top. Um, Jordan, yeah, uh, say sorry. I was just gonna say. I mean, I know. I, I I would I would be sort of surprised if if it was based if it was inspired by this because I I know that there's there's a lot of very very specific uh, manga series that like get into very niche things. So I would be sort of surprised to hear that it hadn't start that that movement hadn't started until after this. But yeah, I've I've heard of that one. I've never actually read that one either. So. Yeah, well, it I guess starts I in nineteen ninety nine. Scenes of it. So it was after this then. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. But I does anyone get turned into a tennis ball <laughs> you know i i don't know i don't know it might not you know and that would be a real jerk move because it's just the obvious choice you know turn somebody into a tennis ball so uh great episode this week uh episode 14 highly recommended uh it, especially i would say for new fans of sailor moon because i think you get everything you kind of <laughs> want out of it uh yeah. there's enough ray amy usagi interaction to kind of give you a hint of that dynamic there's a bunch of luna in it which is always a plus i would say definitely check this one out uh even if you like I, and again i don't know what you're doing listening to the show if you have not watched sailor moon but i know we have some fans out there who actually <laughs> have not watched Sailor Moon. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. So definitely check this episode out. It's on it's on Hulu. Uh, but now is the time of the show when we talk not about the quality of the episode, but what we learned. Uh, Jordan, do you have the American moral queued up? I, I do. I remember it not being very good, but let's listen to it. Here we go. Okay. It's hard to be brave. I know. Lots more ways to be brave than fighting monsters from the Megaverse, like telling the truth and it really matters, or standing up for someone who's totally geeked out in embarrassment, or doing what's right when you know it's not anything you want to do. Hmm, you mean like doing that homework that's been stacking up on your bed? Homework? Heroic? No way! Oh. <laughs> that was terrible. Luna. Luna is aggressively British. It was good. Yes. Luna is aggressively British in that Sailor Moon says. (laughs) She was. She was. She Uh, ramps it up. uh, Okay. So. That homework's (laughs) on your bed. Which is also ridiculous. But Serena refers to being brave as sticking up for someone who's totally geeking out. (laughs) That's a brave thing you could do. I feel like she would find it very difficult to be brave about this show. Yeah, she would just be like, she'd be too scary. Yeah. 
All right, uh, so so yeah. now let's see if we can uh, think of a better moral based on what we learned. It's time for uh, Sailor Business says, Amy, what did you learn from this episode? Uh, I mean, it's pretty general, but like, um, you know, not, never giving up on your friends, which is sort of to me like the the theme at the end of every Sailor Moon season. Yeah. Um, it seems like it's always, and this is why I like Sailor Moon, the character more than the other characters is because she has such like an intense loyalty to friends. So, and, and it's always leading up to that, you know? So this is one of those episodes that really leads up to that idea of, of friendship being above all, you know, in my opinion. Yeah. Cool. That work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would I would say that I learned what what you talked about earlier. I learned the secret to to how to play tennis properly is to injure the other player immediately at the start yeah. of the game. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> <laughs> I learned that you shouldn't judge someone by your first impression. Even if that first impression involves someone jumping over a 10-foot fence and talking to someone who then immediately becomes an evil injury machine. (laughs) Give that person the benefit of the doubt until it is proven that they are actually an evil Negaverse general and you could have circumvented about 10 episodes of this show. Wow. Okay. That does it for episode 14. Uh, a new enemy appears, Nephrite's Evil Crest. Uh, this was a fun one. Yeah. Uh, Amy, I know you have uh, Rocket Girl is in stores now. Uh, you can pick yes. up uh, Madame Xanadu in back issues, Batwoman in back issues, or, or in paperback, I guess, would be the easier way for a lot of people to get yeah, it. Yeah, probably. Uh, Actually, though, um, I mean, hopefully they've solved this. But at some point, I think Diamond, like, lost the trades, the first trade of Madame Xanadu. Oh. Like, I... I had to try and order it from them and they're like, we can't find it. So then I had to order through HarperCollins. I hope they found it. Wait, are and you it's telling me Diamond Comic Distributors it. screwed something up to a ridiculous extreme? That doesn't sound like them at all. I know. Well, that's the thing. Cause like that's usually I get, yeah, I think it's lost. They need to do a new printing of that. I need to push DC to do a new printing of it, but you guys should find it. It's findable. And, and uh, uh, I should also mention I'm you? on a podcast. Oh, on a regular podcast. Tell us. Podcorn um, with my writer on Rocket Girl, Brandon Montclair, um, and sometimes Chris Robinson, who's our uh, producer on the show. And yeah, we just kind of talk about the creator's uh, angle on comics, you know, and stuff like that. So, yeah. Uh, where else can people find you online? Um, let's see. I'm on Twitter at Amy Reader. Um, I've got a Tumblr. It's amyreader.tumblr.com. And if you want to find me on Facebook, it's uh, facebook.com slash Amy Reader Comics. So, um, and I've been putting up a lot of uh, um, video sketches um, that I do digitally so that people can kind of see how I sketch. Maybe the next one I'll do, I'll do a Sailor Moon face. Awesome. So, something like that. Yeah. Well, let us so know. Yeah, out. we'll definitely link it if, if that happens. That's awesome. Okay. I'll let you guys know. You well, can find- you can find us on Twitter, uh, the official account for the show where we retweet basically everything nice that people say about us, uh, including <laughs> yeah. the fan art that we've gotten of things we've talked about on the show, like Luna being a scorpion. I can't believe two people drew pictures three of Luna as a three. scorpion. Three. <laughs> Did we get a third? Yeah, we've got three scorpions. Horrifying. Please yeah. stop. <laughs> Please stop drawing. Never stop. <laughs> Joy Usagi is a 
a tennis ball instead. Well, yes, do that too. Uh, you can find all of that at Sailor Business on Twitter. Uh, Jordan, where can everybody find you? You can follow me on Twitter at Crackshot, except the O in Crackshot is a zero. <laughs> uh, I am at the ISB. That's T-H-E-I-S-B. And you can find links to everything else I do at uh, about.me slash Chris Sims. This has been episode 14. Uh, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, rate and review the show on iTunes if you get a chance. That helps other Sailor Moons find it. Other Sailor Moons? Other Sailor Moon fans <laughs> find it. Also, maybe Sailor Moon could find it. Maybe. I'm sure she would enjoy the show. Uh, well, thanks so for having this, me on here. Our pleasure. Oh, thank you for being on the show, Amy. Yeah, definitely. It's awesome. <laughs> and until next time, keep your mind on Sailor Business. Woo! Sailor Moon.